Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, episode number 127 of Let's Go Racing with David Stein. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be joined by Dante Ricky of Eyewitness News in the state of West Virginia, also a, a contributor with TRE. We'll get uh, his thoughts on everything going on in the NASCAR world and learn his backstory and more coming up in just a matter of moments. Plus, we will have our news and notes with the latest happenings around the NASCAR world and our Ask David segment coming up at the end of the show where we'll answer your questions that you submit to us. David Starr joins us right now, fresh off a Labor Day weekend. David, uh, I'm sure you were still laboring somehow one way or the other over Labor Day weekend, right? <laughs> weekend of uh, a lot of racing and, uh, you know, me and my boy went racing good uh it was just a great fun weekend late nights and uh a lot of so uh yeah how about you guys man how was y'all's labor day weekend very well very well had the family uh in town went to, up to norman uh for the uh oklahoma game saturday had a good time and then uh went to ranger game sunday but good to have mom and dad and and uh a, a nice uh, strong finish the home stretch to the uh, summer of jones despite what david may say as we're, uh, we're having a great time. So, uh, said, canceled a while back, but no, anyway. no, no, never canceled. No, no, no. How dare David promote cancel culture on this show? <laughs> How dare this man? Ask Dominic. Uh, he'll tell you. Dominic, a man that is anti-cancel culture, uh, the co-host of this show, TRE uh, editor chief, joins us right now. Dominic, uh, how was your uh, your weekend? Man, it was a great weekend. Good time. I was about halfway from home to you guys. We went to Clovis, New Mexico, which is there on the state line of New Mexico and Texas. Saw some family, my aunt and uncle that hadn't seen in five years. So we got some good quality family time out there. And my wife, Felice, hadn't been to that part of the country just yet. So it was a good time and got to see the race and got back home to Grants on Monday. So definitely a good time. Nice, nice to be able to break away for a couple of days and just do something out of the norm. I like it. I like it. Sounds good. David, uh, let's start looking back at the weekend that was. We'll bring in Dante coming up here in just a bit, but uh want to get your reaction to what we witnessed at Darlington. Kyle Larson getting into victory lane to open up the playoffs. That five car, in the words of Brad Doherty, that was bad fast. I mean, they were they were rocking and rolling. And I mean, if you want to talk about getting hot at the right time and I know you love to talk about momentum, David. That that five teams showed they're going to be a force to be reckoned with for this championship. Really just strong performance from that crew. Man, yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I was so busy this week. Watch the race. I DVR'd it, and I was going to – I am going to. I hadn't even watched it yet, but I'm going to watch it. But uh, – Dells and, uh, man, you know, again, we talk about uh, William Byron – Shocking, uh, you know, as we talked about on our podcast, to not to have Chase Elliott part of it. But, man, those, you know, the cream always rises to the sun. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And, and Dominic, uh, obviously Kyle Larson winning was a big deal, but uh, William Byron there at, in fourth showing that he's not going anywhere. Tyler Reddick had a strong performance, finishing second. He picked up 51 points. 
Chris Busher again with another good run. He finishes third, picks up 39 points. Uh, those four guys, that top four right there, I thought made a statement. And in particular, Tyler Reddick. We haven't heard a lot from Tyler Reddick in the last couple of months. Really, since he won in Coda, he's been kind of quiet. Uh, that, that was a run that he, he really needed, especially where he was at in points entering that race. Well, we broke down our playoff previews last week. I think we all three of us agreed. If Tyler Reddick and 2311 and that team can put full races together, we can see how dangerous they are. We saw wind slip away at Nashville. We saw wind slip away at Michigan as well. But when you put a full race together like you did and you play cat and mouse with Kyle Larson for a win, we we know the potential that Tyler Reddick has. And and I think, too, Tyler, from a historical perspective, that the, the win from Kyle Larson deserves a little bit of a closer look because that was win number 22. And that ties him with former Hendrick driver Terry Labonte. And what's even more fascinating about that victory, Tyler, is that Terry Labonte, his last career win came in the 2003 Southern 500 for Hendrick Motorsports. So to have Larson take 16 victories at Hendrick and Terry Labonte at 12, but especially that five car, they've won championship each in that five car. And Terry's last win 20 years ago at Darlington, very special for Hendrick. And they're on the hills of win 300 as an organization. Yeah, and uh, the Hendrick engine department reached 500 wins across all of NASCAR series. Obviously, that includes what JRM has done in the Xfinity side. You, you factor in some wins that Stuart Haas had when they were a Hendrick, Hendrick Motor Program, Phoenix Racing with Brad Keselowski. David, real quick on that, uh, the Hendrick engine department. I don't think we talk much uh, about the engine departments, but – you know, when you look at Hendrick engines, engines, Roush Yates engines, you know, these uh, the the ECR engine deal, th those are a big part of what is the makeup of NASCAR. And for Hendrick to have 500 wins for their engine department, is just unreal. Man, uh, Tyler, you man, unreal is is a way to describe it. Just unbelievable, you know, just. You know, when you think of Hendrick Motorsports, you think of Hendrick engines. I just think power, horsepower, power, torque. You know what I mean? Uh, for years, you know, you say Roush Yates racing as well. Robert Yates, Doug Doug Yates. I mean, you know, these these massive engine programs, Richard Childress Racing, RCR Racing Engines, Earnhardt Childress, uh, you know, I, I don't know what they call it today. But, uh, but man, they, they engine. yeah, ECR engines, man, they're just uh, all of them have super power. You know, you can plug in a, a Hendrick, Hendrick engine program into your racing team, and one of the things you don't have to worry about is underneath the hood because there's plenty of whatever it is for whatever race it is. You know, they they got those combinations down, whether it's a super speedway. A mile and a half track, a short track, man. They have the combination, and, and uh, man, when you uh, you get your race car to rotate and you step in that gas to shoot off those corners, it'll put you back in a seat. But uh, but man, amazing five hundred victories for Hendrick Racing Engines is unbelievable. You know, it's that's a lot, a lot, a lot of wins. You know, and uh, but man, I every racing team, you know, if if you're a GM product. Uh, you know, you want your Hendrick, you want your Hendrick power underneath the hood or RCR power underneath the hood. That's for sure. Yeah. And it makes you think too, like I would argue Dom that 
Stuart Haas Racing hasn't been the same since they went away from Hendrick Engines. You know, it's the the power of that Hendrick engine uh, cannot be understated. Those those three years that Kevin Harvick got to race with Hendrick Power under the hood, we saw some of the best years from Kevin Harvick. And granted, he won what was it nine races in 2020 with Ford Power, but it seems like the team was just even that much quicker and that much more consistent with Chevrolet. Yeah, yeah. So it's fascinating for sure. Uh, we will touch on uh, the playoff and a look ahead to this weekend's race at Kansas coming up uh, later on. But first, uh, we want to welcome in our guest this week, Dante Ricky, Eyewitness News in Charleston, West Virginia, also with TRE. Dom, give us the rundown, the formal introduction for our, uh, our <laughs> oh, New boy, York. I'm going to have to make it long story short because I go all <laughs> night on, on how awesome this dude is. I've known this guy a long time and go back sim racing to work in racetracks and race weekends together from Pocono to Homestead, Miami, and Kansas Speedway. And, and getting to see this man really hone in his photography. His, oh, by the way, he's a soccer. I forgot to, have to ask him about that. And his love for meteorology and him helping us in our early days with the website, with forecasts, to being able to land his job at WCHS in, in Char Charleston, West Virginia. And we were at Pocono last year. We're doing the race weekend. We're actually with David and Maggie at their hauler. And, and, and David tells me after Dante goes, and he has to go shoot something. He's like, man, I like the knowledge that this guy has on the sport. We need to bring him on the show. And, and so fast forward one year, here we are later. And Dante, thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Go Racing. Yes, Dominic, I appreciate this opportunity. And our friendship goes back over 10 years. In fact, almost 15 years now, I believe, of time between the NASCAR video game, the 2003 game, and attending the races and being a part of the racing experts and really getting those pictures that you see all the time on our stories and really featuring our product and getting that story out and really being there. That's what I enjoy the most, the thrill of the sport and also being kind of an NASCAR nerd and expert on what's going on each and every week and the history of, of the sport and how it relates to today. And I want to touch on one thing you mentioned about Terry Labonte and how his victory in the 2003 Southern 500 was so impactful. Well, his, that was his last career NASCAR Cup Series win. And his, Terry Labonte's first career Cup win was the 1980 Southern 500, which was 23 years prior wow. to that. So that's a racetrack where Hendrick Motorsports has a strong history in their original race car, the number five. And, you know, just it, it's just great to be able to be here with, with you, David, and also you, Tyler, to be able to you know, talk with everyone and, and share some of my wisdom on, on the Cup Series. and Well, I'll this say year. this. Uh, Dominic, you had so many nice things to say about Dante, but Dante said you were a jackass, Dom. Well, yes. <laughs> That's an insight, Joe. That, that, that also does brought that up, Tyler. Yes, does stand to some extent. Man, you we all agree too. We all, David and I agree that Dominic's a jackass. So we're all on the same page. Yeah, I, I can live up to that. You know what? That's a that's a, a badge of honor. I, I wear that badge of honor with a lot of pride. There might have been somebody else that got that honorable mention, but I don't think we should name that person. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll take the title on that one, guys. I'm, I'm fine having that one. Oh, man. You guys see why we brought him on board the racing experts. He truly is a racing expert. And that depth of knowledge really, really ties yeah. into the history of the sport. Man, I got not afraid to tell it like it is either. Stuff. Absolutely. So, Dante, man, uh, you know, we always ask this question, you know, uh, 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 man, thanks for joining us. And, uh, 
man, I just, you know, it's, you got an interesting career because uh, you're a meteorologist, uh, you know, you're on Eyewitness News there in West Virginia. And, uh, you know, you love the, the knowledge you have about our great sport of NASCAR racing. But, uh, man, how, how did that happen? Where, where did you where did you first fall in love with auto racing? Yeah, you well, know, David, I'll, I'll tell you, it was when I was very young. I was probably five years old and we okay. were watching ESPN at the time, which this was in the days of when the television broadcasts were all spread across racetracks. So you had some races on CBS, some on ESPN. And eventually NBC and Fox got involved. And I just recall following Bill Elliott the most and how much he struggled as a kid to be able to come back in 2001, get that win at Homestead near the end of the year and bring that energy into 2002. He was my favorite driver. And I knew his history. I knew that he had a lot of accomplishments prior to when I was a kid. But to be able to see him excel as a veteran of the sport, that was really my passion to continue following it. And I'll tell you, when Greg Biffle got into the Xfinity series or the Bush series at the time, that man could drive. Okay. And I noticed that he was real, real, really passionate about everything. And yeah. he was a fiery competitor. If he got crashed, he would get out of the car and, and go punch Jay Slaughter in the face. I'm like, that guy doesn't that, that guy doesn't play around, you know? Mm -hmm. And he was very successful in the truck series as well. And he was eventually able to get into the cup division at, at the time. And I really, really enjoyed watching Greg Biffle succeed. He was one of the best drivers in the sport for a few years, 2005, amazing season for Greg Biffle to be able yeah, to get he... multiple race wins and to be up front all the time, just not to be able to pull it off for the championship. But he, he was really, really talented. Man, d d absolutely. And, you know, Greg was one of the all time best drivers because he's so talented it was a shame that, uh, you know, looking back on his career, those last, I don't know, four or five years that he ran over at Roush's, I don't know how long he was there, you know. Um, yeah, 2016, you know, I believe, was his final year at Roush. Just, you know, I think after the struggles of trying to get those race cars to turn in the center, they just couldn't they couldn't give him what he needed, you know, and, and, yeah. and he hung in there as long as he could and the frustrations of that because, you know, and most people know that he can get the job done. You know, they just wasn't giving him the type of race cars he needed to be able to get the job done. And I think, you know, after seeing everything that was going on and what he was racing against and the struggles that they had at the time, uh, it, it, it wore on him. You know what I mean? And uh, but yeah. man, you when you gave Greg, Greg, Greg Biffle what he wanted in a race car, man, he was only going to go to the he was going to go to the top. That was for sure. And by the way, Greg is one of my favorite drivers for many, many years. And he definitely had a lot of passion for the sport when he was winning races. And I noticed those last couple of years when he got out of the car, he just wasn't the same. That was the biggest thing. And I noticed when I went to Pocono in Kansas, it really, it yeah. felt like he was a little bit, you know, frustrated. Yeah, he was frustrated. I mean, it's easy to do when you're used to winning races and championships and, you know, and, and it's not a big secret because we talk about it on here, the, you know, Roush racing for many years struggled and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, and I don't know the history, you and Dominic probably know the history better than I do right now. Cause I was so busy in my own world. Uh, but, you know, the drivers came and went and Greg was loyal to the program and they, and, you know, those years, I don't know how many it was, they just couldn't, they were behind, you know, and, and, uh, 
and it just got to the point where it just it wasn't it wasn't fun anymore. You know, what I mean, they couldn't they couldn't get the race cars to do what Greg needed them to do, and he hung in there and hung in there, and they tried this, tried that, just you know, they I don't, I don't think they had the right people, but uh, but you know, just wears on you when you're a winner. You know what I mean? But uh, but Greg Biffle today, I believe, and he was on, he's been on our podcast. Uh, um, yeah. You know, you put him in the right situation today, and he could win these Cup races today. Absolutely, and you know, yeah. it's a matter of of the right crew chief, the right team, and the right driver. Those so three man, things coming together. Ab- absolutely. So it's kind of interesting. Um, so, man, Bill Elliott, awesome, Bill Elliott. Yeah, that's a pretty cool guy. You know, it's cool to hear you the history. But man, <laughs> so how did you get involved on in media person and NASCAR and man and you know, yeah. you're, you're still involved and you, you know, you got a great story, you know, it's pretty cool. It's oh, uh, yeah. man, now, now you're on television, you know? Exactly. I don't think that you guys knew how much I admired Bill Elliott. He just wasn't in the sport very long as a kid for me to follow him. It, it got to a point <laughs> where I had more years to cheer on Greg Biffle than to cheer on Bill. But uh, how could you forget Bill, the most popular driver for so many years? And yeah, my, my media experience, it started many years ago initially when I went to Rutgers University and I watched the weather channel as a kid and there, there were several meteorologists that I focused on all the time and just watching their their passion for the weather and, and how well they could adjust for a different situation and be calm one moment and more intense the next moment you know you always have to adjust you have to fix your audience. You have to understand how serious the situation is. Are we talking at the dinner table or are we talking about the next big tornado? Okay. It's two different, completely separate styles of presentation. And the communications part kind of came just out of my time with the Weather Watcher program in college. And that's where we get that communication style of voice and took a few minor elective classes. But the, the major in meteorology, the science degree, the Bachelor of Science, it's half engineer and half physics. Okay. You really have to be good at math and you really have to love science. To understand the weather. Thing. Exactly. Yes. Those, those are the things. So you that- don't just read what's on the screen. Absolutely not. And and yes, we do <laughs> we do prepare some notes, Tyler, but so Dominic, the majority, tell, the majority Dominic, is ad lib, ad libbing. <laughs> so Dante, Dante, you're saying <laughs> so you're not a you're not a note person like Tyler Jones, huh? You know what well, you're talking about. <laughs> I do keep some notes of the Christmas, Tyler, Christmas Tyler covers present. NFL. <laughs> Christmas present here from, from Dominic Aragon. From a few years ago, we do our, our Christmas trades once we can. And Dominic was very nice. He gave me a KOB4 Albuquerque, New Mexico notebook, a Dale Earnhardt Jr. notebook, and a journal. <laughs> and I'm still using all of them to keep notes on the weather forecast each day. So thank you, Dominic. Of course, yes. That's awesome, Dom. Dominic, yeah. what'd you give Tyler? I, I, still I gave Tyler some help, man. a giant air hug, and he appreciated it. Actually, you know what? The last Christmas present I got from Dominic, I haven't used it yet, not because I didn't appreciate it, but I, I'm waiting for the right excuse to be able to, was a Chuck E. Cheese gift card. As a single 27-year-old man, I can't really walk into a Chuck E. Cheese. Um, they have good so, pizza. That's about the only thing I come up with that's good go. there. Yeah. Yes. All right, but like, I can't. I can't look like a predator, you know. I gotta like have a reason. <laughs> Dante, that sounds like a lot the biggest jackass of a gift if I've ever heard one. 
It says a lot about your character that you hadn't used it yet. That's good. <laughs> Wait till you get married, you got a kid, and you know. So, all right, that's. I'll cool. save it someday. Uh, you know, we'll we'll take uh, we'll take Dominic's uh, you know, little Venus, you know, with him. You know, to. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what, Kansas this weekend. It, it's a it's a race that Dominic, myself, Tyler, David, you all, we've all met up and, and worked together at, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I have to give the weather forecast this weekend. I'll be thinking about you guys down there in Kansas. And, yeah, it's uh, uh, you know it, it's interesting there. Yeah, I like what you do, Dante, because man, the weather is intense. You know what I mean? It can change quickly, and uh, it's intense. Kind of like NASCAR racing, man. It, it can get intense real quick, and and uh, but man, you know your job. Every day is different. I mean, like you were saying, you'd be sitting at the dinner table with your family, you know, having a good time. And then all of a sudden, five minutes later, man, you're uh, you got to be off, you know, covering what's going on with the weather. That's right. I, I guess the question I have for you, uh, do you have any great stories of being out? You know, when you see most meteorologists, a lot of when a tornado is blowing in or a, a hurricane on a coast somewhere, you know, you see these uh I just think, man, these people are crazy, man. They're out. Oh the yes, middle, you know, they're out there standing in the middle of the street and barely stand up straight, and they're reporting the weather. You know what I mean? I mean, what's? I'm just thinking, man, they they got they're living dangerously. You know what I mean? But they're, but it, it you know, it, it's it's amazing. So, have you have any stories like that? Well, interesting enough, the only reporting in a storm that I've done to this day is flash flooding. Now, we've been deployed to different areas where thunderstorms have come through. I have not yet seen a tornado, but there was a time as a kid where we had a tornado warning, and it really scared me. I was only about five or six years old. Everything in my life seemed to come together when I was only in kindergarten or first grade, if you can all kind of get the theme there of of where I the television and NASCAR and weather. That's where I learned everything, you know, watching TV with my friends and with my parents. And this particular well, Tyler's old. Tyler's old. He still gets scared when tornadoes <laughs> blow through. I, I actually uh, we all do, I think. I'm just playing, man. It's nothing Dante, to play around with. Dante, no. I, I and granted I used to work at news, so I probably shouldn't advise this, but uh, I uh Probably you guys do so much hyperbole with weather news coverage that when when I see, you know, hear about tornadoes or thunderstorms, stuff like that, I'm sitting on my patio and I'm watching. I'm like, this is exciting. This is entertaining. Oh, yes. Like I, I'm I'm enjoying it. Like I, I sit back and you know, pour me a cup of coffee and like take it all in. <laughs> there was a video out of Iowa of what was a high risk day for severe weather and a large rotating tornado in the field, literally the cattle were running towards the tornado. (laughs) They were running towards it. And there's this farmhouse that's all brick and stocked up right here. The tornado literally goes through the backyard of the farmhouse, probably ripped the barn up. But, I mean, it had to have been at least an EF4, which is winds in the upper 170 to 180 mile an hour range. Okay, we're not talking about normal thunderstorms here so it's very compelling content to be able to get video of a tornado it can be dangerous and that's something i kind of want to shine some light on if if i could safely do a stand-up report with a tornado far in the distance behind me you bet i would do it but you have to make sure you understand where you are do you have a safe route can you get out of the way 
And that's why storm chasing is not something that I pursue because it, it's a field where there's an awful lot of hazard. And we can see satellite tornadoes or spin-up tornadoes form directly behind or next to the initial circulation. And that's where understanding the pattern and the science really comes together. But it, it, it's a dangerous field for the chasers. I, I never plan on becoming a chaser. Right. Well, you're what you do, man. You you uh, you help a lot of people keep people safe and where, you know, they they can uh, plan, you know, get, you know, just, uh, you know, I love what your job it has a lot of meaning to it. You save a lot of people from harm's way and uh, you got a cool job, man. You know, it's kind of cool. A meteorologist that loves NASCAR racing is pretty cool. So, Thanks, Dante, David. Tell yeah. Me tell me this, yeah. Dante. Uh, you've covered a lot of races over the years and been on the road uh, with me and, and Dominic and uh, some of our friends and such over the years. What's been uh, some of your favorite memories from the times you've had uh, covering NASCAR, man? Yeah, I would have to say the, the dream race was attending the season finale in 2018 when Joey Logano won the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series Championship. I always wanted to go to Florida for one, for NASCAR, but the season finale to me seemed to have a little more extra prestige from a media standpoint than the Daytona 500. Yes, Daytona 500, the biggest race of the year, the opening race of the season, but for some reason, I wanted to go to a finale more than anything else. It was just the energy of that environment, the fact that there's more people there, your favorite driver or one of your favorite drivers is competing in the race. It, it was something that I always wanted to do, and being a part of that championship weekend in 2018 that has to be the top of it the second long memory and this is a very long memory was in 2016 where i covered both pocono races as a photographer and both cup races were run on monday in which the second one would never end and chris busher finally won the race in the front row motorsports 34 car i just recall the fog rolling in i believe i texted you dominic tell me if i'm wrong what if the race ended right now and it wasn't 100% clear, but they threw the, the caution, and Chris Buescher was in the lead. And I believe the, the telltale sign was a thunderstorm in the distance, and that ended up being the race. So yeah. that has to be that has to be the most memorable weekend of having them both on Monday. And also completing my television internship work and also a summer class in mathematics, of all things. <laughs> so that, that was a very busy summer. And it was just great that I was within close proximity to Rutgers at the time, and I was able to be a part of it as well. And Dominic, when you sent that picture of you driving around in North Jersey, that just that just really made me happy. Remember that? Man, some good memories. Some good memories covering NASCAR with you at the Pocono stuff and, and Homestead and Kansas. I remember you flew out to Kansas a couple of times. I did. I've been there track or several times. Track and, and, and just the, the memories you got to make it a lot of these places. And, and, and that, that says, I think a lot about the sport and, and, and the facility that they have at Kansas Speedway that you're coming halfway across the country to come cover that race. I think you did four or five straight Kansas. Yes. Pretty That's right. Very proud to be able to, to attend Kansas. And I'm going to miss the Joe's Kansas city barbecue this year. I, any one of the three locations, you really can't go wrong to get a full slab oh. dinner. Just, or order me oh, one that, and, and have some for me, okay? They're the best. They are the best. <laughs> that, that, man, you make me miss home right now. You know, gosh, I wish I was there eating uh, that Casey Joe's barbecue. I can tell you that much. You know, we, we've 
I, I remember, you know, with these guys, you know, bringing them in the, you know, you you'd be in town for the Kansas race, and you know, we we go go to Lawrence, go to 23rd Street Brewery, and and uh, you know, bring you guys by the radio station, checking out my show and everything. Back in those days, I mean, th those were good times, you know, back then. There, I remember that very very well. That was yeah. one amazing experience. I still have your your T shirt. Oh, I do still you have that T shirt? Yes. What oh. kind of what kind of T-shirt was it? It says KISS and it has something else on it. Oh yes, that was it, one of the, the uh, one of the stations I worked with. Yes, it yeah. may not have been that station, but it was it was one of the, it might have been either in your network or yeah yeah within yeah. the ownership group yeah yeah right. Kiss FM yeah Kiss FM uh, I remember that yeah was, that was that was a great time and is there you a know, Jones I, Report took a Jones Report T-shirt John uh, Jones those shirts got canceled actually T-shirt you know what. Uh, Dominic is working on right now for me. You'll appreciate this, Dante. Uh, oh, yes. Dominic is uh, putting together – he he asked me I, what I wanted for Christmas or something. Speaking of Christmas presents, uh, I said, what What about if you made me my own hero card? Ooh. Well, and Dante, like I said, I mean, you should have seen Tyler's grin went from ear to ear. And I said, now, Tyler, we still have to have that head fit through the door front. Don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> yes. You know what's funny? Back to back to Christmas presents. Dominic, one of one of his one of my favorite Christmas presents of Dominic is the Greg Biffle trading cards. That yeah, that's saying. cool. And that that sponsor Granger from the minute I opened up that pack of trading cards and looked at them all, I go on Facebook. You know, how Facebook reads your mind nowadays and all your advertisements oh, yes. and friend requests. Well, what's the first advertisement? Buy Gatorade Industrial from Granger, and the <laughs> word Granger is all over my Facebook. All Imagine. over. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite memories of Dante. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna bring up Jackass Dominic here. Um, All righty, I'm ready for this. And oh, we're yes. love that. Oh yes, uh, no, there's no love in this story. This is oh, a good it's story. A story. It's a great story. It's a good story. This is a very good story. So, Dominic and I have been planning for months on end to go to Pocono and spend a week in New York leading up to this race, David. Right. And uh, he had convinced me to go, and so I go. And, uh, like, two weeks before, uh, Dominic cancels and can't make it. And uh, our buddy, should, should, I, should I say names or should we just call him a buddy, you know, uh, in, in this case? Um, I'll, I'll be nice. I'll say our, our, our friend uh, that we were going to stay with, uh, he, he canceled on me uh, the week before I even took off. So I had nowhere to stay, and uh, and so you know I got I got screwed over by Don by not by Dante by Dominic and our buddy here and left with nowhere to stay, and fortunately Dante came all the way to New York and saved my ass, and we went to Pocono together. I and, remember that uh, trip. We had a great time. I, I mean, and you talked about doing homework. I, I remember I was taking summer classes in college at that point. I did. I finished up my entire summer school semester from the media room at, at a Pocono there. So yes, that was, uh, that was quite the adventure. That was an awesome, awesome week. And I'm, <laughs> I was glad to be able to help out because that's what we do. We help each other out. Yeah. Yes. We, we screw each other sometimes that happens. Right. Right. I can't tell you how many times I screwed Dominic Aragon before, but uh, it's, we all, we all try our best I mean, it, to, to it make goes it work. Both ways. I still have Dominic's wedding gift 
sitting in my kitchen, <laughs> sitting in my kitchen. And at this point, I'm just going to wait for him to get here to Dallas in a couple weeks to give it to him. So hey, well, he already knows what it is anyway. So yeah, it works both ways. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> and ironically enough, so uh, it, it, it's actually quite the plot twist. You'll appreciate this, Dante. The I already told Dominic, so it's okay. Um, so, you know, he had screwed us over on the Airbnb situation. So his wedding gift that I still have to give to him when he gets here is an Airbnb gift card. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, Man, well, very, 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 very generous. Stories here. You know, I, I think we got to give some background here on this jackass story while we're at it. We're at Kansas 2018. Great memories. I think you might've been at Den General Fest that night, Tyler, or Texas Roadhouse. And... What does Dominic do? He drinks too much water. He's got to go use the bathroom. So I'm running. Oh, the we were at a booth. And I, you guys know how much I hate sitting at a booth at a restaurant. I almost always prefer a table with chairs, but sometimes that's, you get what that's you That's a get. cop move. That's a cop move, Dante. Always take the booth. Well, this is this is part of the story. So, yeah, this, so kind of, this is a so fact. I got to use the bathroom, and Dante and Jonathan have to let me out. Right, well, Jonathan is going to have to let me back in when I get back. Well, I said, you know what? I'm walking back to the table. And I'm going to have a little bit of fun with this. So I text Jonathan because I see that he's on his phone. I said, hey, lean over and tell Dante, man, Dominic's such a jackass. <laughs> and I see Jonathan read the text and he looks at me and, and Dante's out of you. You can't see anything. So Jonathan's like smiling. Yes, yes, I'll do it. So he leans over to Dante. He goes, don't you think Dominic's such a jackass? And Dante looks at Jonathan and says, yeah, jackass. <laughs> so then I come into view and I call his ass out and I say, oh, I'm a jackass. And Dante, <laughs> man of his word, doubles down and says, yeah, you're a jackass, Dominic. <laughs> I, I, I had no idea he was there. But the fact that he even said it to my face even more, I, I feel like I 10x the respect I have for you after that night, Dante. <laughs> well, my authority is always with you. And some of that authority comes from my other passion, which is refereeing. And and I played soccer when I was younger, but I found the refereeing to be a lot of fun. It's a it's a different world. I go from being a people person on television and with my colleagues and with the community to being the bad cop on the field. <laughs> and that that is a jump right there, people. It, it's a conversation for another day, but I enjoy it. People are different in, in the sport, whether you're doing the men's league or you're doing the U8s. It's a lot of fun to do the, the little kids sometimes, but uh, it's a lot more challenging now at the college levels and, and beyond with some of the semi-pro leagues. So um, when I moved from New Jersey, I still kept my license, but I don't necessarily do as many games as I used to. It's better on my needs for sure, but uh, so I Dante, do miss it. you're the jack of all trades and a master of, of, of the metro of, of the of the weather. Always try to be. <laughs> oh yes, Dante is a jack of all trades, and Dominic is a jackass. There we go. Yes, <laughs> if that's the best I could come up with a few years ago, and it still stands today, well, there you go. <laughs> yes. yes. So, wow. so Dante. Uh, Tell me this, uh, with everything that you've done and you've accomplished quite a, quite a lot, you're still very young, you know, between doing weather, covering NASCAR, you know, ref and soccer and everything. What do you want to do next? What is your, uh, your next thing you would well, like to do? Well, being that, being that my career goal is eventually to, you know, 
move up in meteorology. That move could be here in Charleston. It could be somewhere else. But my goals are to continue to improve with what I have, okay, and to always adjust to the situation. Looking over my reel, I clip all of my video, or at least a lot of it, and I try to look and see, you know, from a forecasting standpoint, that's one small piece of it. The other part of it is, did I connect with the viewer? And the social media element has gotten much bigger in the last 15 years for people working in television. That digital audience, it means so much. If I'm going to move up, that's one thing I have to improve on. I have to hit that digital audience better, whether that means more Facebook Live time, more TikTok. Yes, we use TikTok sometimes, particularly to convey pictures or video from the viewers or to do a TikTok Live of our new show to show everybody what we're doing. Um, that is a, that's a digital audience, okay? Uh, anything on, on Twitter, which the future of Twitter, I hope, is still bright. Uh, it, it seems as if they really want to push getting that second audience more so because in the future, what's going to happen? You'll probably have less people watch the news and television. You'll have more people watch what's going on, on Facebook. That digital audience means so much, you know? And I just think that we're going to have to find a way to connect more with the, with the social media element. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's a, it's an evolving business as they say. That's right. Uh, for sure. So definitely excited about your future and see where things go from here. Dante, we'll have you stick around. We're going to do our news and notes segment coming to next, and then we'll have our Ask David segment where we'll answer questions uh, submitted for David and for Dante coming up at the end of the show. But right now, uh, we're going to hand things over to Dominic Alagon with uh, this week's news and notes, the latest happenings in the motorsports world. Dom, uh, Denny Hamlin is uh, not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere, and he's been dominating our top headlines of news and notes over the last few weeks with a good reason and, and more of an update on that situation. Denny Hamlin announced on Monday, September 4th, that he's coming back to Joe Gibbs Racing. So he will continue to pilot the number 11 Toyota at the team for at least two more years. And getting that out of the way, Tyler, they can focus on the playoffs. No word on exactly how many races FedEx is coming back for, Mavis, all that. That's still all being worked out. But we know Hamlin's going to be in that car for two more years. Joe Gibbs is on Actions Detrimental this week, his podcast, Denny Hamlin's podcast, I should say. And it looks like talks are ongoing to keep 2311 with Toyota. And, and you got to think there too, Tyler, with Denny Hamlin coming back, it sounds like 2311, even though it seemed like the team was in talks with making the swap over to Ford Performance. They're likely going to stay a Toyota team, but at least the biggest puzzle piece of the 2023 silly season is solved thus far. Well, and he said in that uh, that podcast that 2311 is staying with Toyota uh, long term, and it's a multi-year deal for Denny Hamlin to remain at Joe Gibbs Racing, the 11 car. You mentioned the FedEx thing. Uh, I was looking at it, and Denny's had a lot more sponsors this year than previously FedEx has only been the primary sponsor on nine races uh, for 2023. That's a big change compared to years ago when they sponsored all 36 races uh, at one point. But with that said, David, Denny's 42 years old. He's running just as strong as he's had his entire career. Uh, he's been with that same car, same owner, same sponsor, this just made sense. Uh, there, there's nowhere better for Denny to be than right there with Joe Gibbs Racing. 
man, they have all the ingredients to to win the championship, you know. And I, you know, I I know that he has his own racing team. There was not any decisions that Denny Hamlin was going to make. Uh, there were a lot of variables, lots of variables, you know. Uh, but whether he went with his own team to drive for or Joe Gibbs Racing, I mean, he 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 was going to win in any situation. Uh, I'm glad he stayed at Joe Gibbs. I think what they have is special, the, that relationship. Uh, you know, Joe Gibbs, they man, they're strong. And uh, hard to break up that nucleus, that power powerhouse team there. I mean, they're they're strong. And, you know, they have a shot at winning the championship this year. They've had a shot at winning the championships a lot of times. And I don't know why you would disassemble a championship caliber team. You know what I mean? So, I, I, I'm just, uh, for me personally, I was glad to see him make, they make the decision and, and got the contract all straight. Well, he'll be there two more years. Uh, uh, I think Denny, like you said, Denny's a, a great competitor and it'd be kind of cool to see him finally win his first championship. And I think, you know, uh, keeping that continuity, that, that similar, that nucleus together it's probably the best shot for Denny to win a championship. If he don't get it done this year, you know, I, I believe that he'll have an opportunity the next two years to get him a championship. You know, like you said, he's 42. Uh, you know, he, he hasn't lost anything. He's, you know, he's on top of his game and probably will be on top of his games years to come. Uh, so, you know, him signing a, a two-year extension with Joe Gibbs Racing, I just think it gives him – you know, not only this year, but two more years to finally get that first championship if he don't get it this year. Well, and, and Dante, you, you look at it, uh, you know, people talked about the idea of him racing for his own team. And I think one day the 11 car will go to 2311. Uh, I think that's will complete, you know, the the name of that organization, you know, as a parting gift from Joe Gibbs and such. But that doesn't necessarily mean Denny's going to be the driver, they said. 11 car when that when that day comes uh with that said just financial sense wise if you're denny hamlin i mean think about it this way besides just the competition standpoint of hey joe gibbs racing is as good as any organization nascar but if you're denny hamlin you got to be saying to yourself okay do i go race for my own team where i have to go buy a charter and then i'm going to lose money in salary going to myself or do I get somebody else to go pay me to drive their car and not have to buy a charter? And it happens to be a top team in NASCAR. Like just, just too much of it. Like if you dig deeper, made too much sense for Denny to not stay with Joe Gibbs Racing, right? That's absolutely right, Tyler. And I'll tell you, you think of the financial element of this, and you look at the comparison of how the 2311 team has such a close technical alliance. Yes, it's its own entity, but there's still that close technical alliance in Toyota with the Gibbs organization. And it may not be exactly the same as what we saw with Furniture Row a few years ago, but there are some key differences in the sense you have sponsorship, you have a team owner who is driving for another team and some excellent partners. It definitely would make more sense that at this point in time in Denny's career, when he's still championship caliber to push for that extension with Joe Gibbs racing, because that's the option that's going to help him succeed in those days as a veteran in this sport. Yeah. 
And uh, Dominic, uh, as far as the Toyota situation goes, um, twenty three eleven sticking around. Legacy Motor Club into the fold next year as well. And your questions as far as you know, John Hunter Nemechek sounded like he's probably going to slide into forty two, but still waiting official announcement there. I think the big winner in all this is Toyota to keep Denny in the eleven, to keep twenty three eleven racing around and the addition of legacy motor club toyota got a lot stronger uh with this move here maybe short-term loss long-term gain right because last year david wilson the president of trd was saying we don't want to race against a pissed off kyle bush they have been racing against a pissed off kyle bush but you keep standing in the fold somebody who's been with toyota since 2008 and you're gaining an organization with two cars eric jones coming back to team toyota john Nemechek likely in that 42 car Toyota has a lot to be thankful for. And and while maybe it didn't work out last year, it's certainly working out for the future. Yeah, certainly so. I mean, with with what was at stake with Denny owning the 2311 team, if you had to choose between Denny or Kyle Bush and your Toyota, you'd take Denny, even though he's got two less championships, just based on organizational structure uh, of, of the politics and all that involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dominic, what else is going on here? So another piece of the Silly Season puzzle might be coming to fruition at some point this week at the taping of this podcast. An official announcement has not been made, but sources are telling Jordan Bianchi of The Athletic that Harrison Burton will be resigning for a third year at Wood Brothers Racing. Harrison Burton ran for Rookie of the Year in 2022. Has yet to find victory lane in the Cup Series, Tyler, but Wood Brothers is certainly searching still for that 100th victory. Their last win came with Ryan Blaney at Pocono Raceway in 2017. Burton has scored two top 10 finishes in 2023, and while they have yet to make the playoffs with Burton, they did make the crew chief swap to where Jeremy Bullens is atop the 21 pit box. And you got to think they're thinking 2024, Tyler, potential make or break here with Harrison Burton. No details yet on the contract or what's going to happen there. But signs are pointing, as per the athletic and Jordan Bianchi, that Harrison Burton returns to the 21 car in 24. Dante, I want to get your thoughts on this first. Uh, Harrison Burton has not raced that well in his first couple seasons, the NASCAR Cup Series. That 21 team we've seen, you know, they have the resources. You know, they're they're a Penske-powered organization. They can right. be competitive. Matt, Matt Benedetto did a solid job in that ride. You know, Brian Blaney did a solid job in that ride. Harrison Burton, if, if if he doesn't figure it out by next year, then they're, they're going to have plenty of good options, I would think. Like, that doesn't need to be necessarily a development driver. Like, I, I, I would – I would look at it. Why? Why would you not go get uh, a veteran that can go compete for the playoffs and go compete for a championship? If Matt DiBenedetto can make that nearly a playoff car, then they know that they can do much better than what they're getting out of Harrison Burton. Yes, Tyler, and I'll tell you what: if you have a driver of Harrison Burton's caliber, who he earned his position in that twenty-one car. It's been a struggle week in and week out. He's had some good runs, but I really am curious to see if he can at least consistently get some more top ten finishes. I don't see his name on very many stage wins. I really don't. He has the talent to do it, but until he at least gets to that level where he could be a chase contender, 
it's going to be interesting to see what 2024 will hold. It's going to be a year that he'll have to perform most likely to keep that position in the 21 car. I mean, realistically, David, if, if Harrison Burden's not in the playoff next year, it's hard to imagine him getting to keep that ride in 2025. Yeah. You know, he, you know, I'll pay attention to him because the Wood brothers, good friends of mine, uh, you know, so I watch him and pay attention to him. And, and, you know, it almost seems, you know, Matt did a better, uh, did a gr- excellent job in that car. I was really surprised when, um, you know, they had a crew, uh, a crew swap there right towards the end when Matt was still driving. And it really uh, seemed to be they, they got back on the right track, but I think it was too late. Uh, I wanted to bring Harrison Burton in. And I think, you know, he's, Every year he gets better, you know, and, uh, you know, he gets more competitors, more speed in the car. Unfortunately, uh, with that program, you've seen other drivers step in there right away and have success, you know. It almost seems like Ford and the Wood Brothers program is more like a development program. You know what I mean? It's like a a development, and uh, I don't know that for a fact. But uh, but but I definitely agree with you, uh, Harrison Burton. Uh, you know, if he's driving the twenty-one car again next year, it definitely is going to be a year that's going to be critical to the whole organization and critical to Harrison to make sure that he's much more competitive, more consistently, you know, finishing the top fifteen, top ten. Because uh, I'm afraid if if we don't see those more consistent running up near the front. Uh, that uh, that one might be his final year in the 21 car, you know. So what y'all are saying, I I, I, I truly believe uh, that next year is going to be a big year for him, and it would to, to stay, you know, uh, it'll uh, it'll have a lot to do with uh, how he runs, to whether he it, if his career will be with the Wood Brothers for a long time, you know. So yeah, Dominic, I, I'm not. Don't take this the wrong way, folks. I'm not doing any source reporting or anything like that. That's pure speculation. But here, here's an, an example I would throw out there to you. Um, if you're the 21 car, for example, and Harrison Burton doesn't work out after this next year, and you want a driver that can win races, maybe has something to prove, a chip on his shoulder to make the playoffs, you know, I'm looking next year. Alex Bowman might be out of the 88, out of the 48 car after this upcoming season. Uh, you know, if he doesn't turn it around and a level we can't perform at, I mean, what about a guy, just as an example, like an Alex Bowman type, what they could do for that 21 team could be wonders as far as I'm concerned, Dom. It certainly could. And I, I think back to this Wood Brothers alliance that they have with, with Penske and, and speculation, right? I don't know all the details on – all the inner workings of that, what deals they have. But I think we've joked about it on the show before too, but you never want to outshine the master. And if Penske's supplying the equipment and Penske's doing what they need to do to keep that 21 car on track for a full schedule, I, I feel like they're kind of at the mercy of team Penske, of whoever they want to put in there. And maybe they'd want to go a different direction, but for everyone just based on drivers, with something to prove and maybe down and out on their luck, Alex would be a really solid choice in that 21 car. It'd be fascinating to see what he could do behind the wheel of that car. We'll check the tape back on this in about a year from now. <laughs> see if that comes to fruition or not. Uh, Dominic, what else going on? 
Well, before we get to everyone's favorite segment, our NASCAR Kansas odds for the Hollywood Casino 400. Man, Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin leading the way five to one. Call their last lap battle there in the spring race with Hamlin coming out on top. Martin Truex Jr., also a former winner at Kansas at seven to one. Bubba Wallace, last year's winner of this race, not in the playoffs last year, but certainly this year at 12 to one. Chris Busher on the hot streak at 12 to one as well. Ross Chastain, 16 to one. Your guy there, Tyler Jones, Alex Bowman, 35 to one. And some of your long shot odds, JJ Ailey and Ty Dillon at a quarter million to one. Yeah. Um, you mentioned my guy, Alex, Alex Bowman. Uh, cool story, actually. Years ago, uh, I interviewed Alex Bowman as he was volunteering uh, with a like a homeless shelter uh, outside Kansas City there, Kansas Speedway for a day. So uh, shout out to Alex there. Still remember that was one of my, my favorite things uh, that I got to cover there. But anyway, as far as this weekend goes, I mean, to me, and Dante, I'll toss you next on this. It starts and it ends with William Byron. The 24 team's been the best all year. Last week, maybe they got outrun a little bit by that five car, but they're still the ones to beat every week. And Kansas Speedway is right up William Byron's alley. There's no reason why he's not going to be the guy to beat on Sunday. Yeah, and especially since you see the Las Vegas race earlier in the season that Byron was able to win. Just comparing the different racetracks that he's successful at, I favor William Byron to also come out as the winner this Sunday. And I just, it's tough because you never know what can happen in, in the Cup Series. There's going to be a, a wide range of mistakes. There might even be a few extra cautions this week, at least in my opinion. I don't think it's going to be a perfectly clean race for several reasons, but we're early in the playoffs. Second round, second race, first round. Um, it's going to be very inter interesting and exciting. I think so. David, uh, who do you like this week? Who catches your attention? Uh, who could get victory lane there in Kansas? Well, man, you just, you know, you got to, you look at Kyle Larson, you know, we talk about momentum a lot, you know. I mean, like you said, man, he's sitting astride in the, at the right time. And, uh, you know, Alex Bowman, just those hinder drivers, those two hinder drivers have been impressive, you know. But, you know, you can't – Tyler Reddick, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, man, they're just – golly. Uh, it's amazing, you know, all the strong top – you know, strong uh, – you know, this chase is exciting, you know what I mean, because all these guys are good. Uh, I can't count out Chris Boucher. But, but, you know, I guess if you had to pick – you know, uh, you know, again, what y'all are talking about, William Byron, Kyle Larson, you, you know, I'm, I'm afraid, but, you know, I believe that both those guys are going to be there at the end fighting for a championship when it comes down to the championship race there at Phoenix, my my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Donna, what do you think about this weekend? I, I think we're going to see a lot of these odds on drivers that are towards the front. They're for a reason. They, the history is there. Kansas Speedway, Martrix Jr., certainly multi-winner, Denny Hamlin. But we're picking one name here. I think he sweeps the races in 2023. Denny Hamlin gets back to victory lane at Kansas Speedway this Sunday. Denny Hamlin, back to victory lane. Okay. So there you have it. Those uh, are our picks this week. Uh, up next, our final segment, our Ask David segment, where we ask you to submit questions to us on Facebook Twitter and by email, David Star Podcast at gmail.com. Twitter and Facebook at Star Podcast. You can find us there. 
And uh, our first question in the inbox this week is for Dante. And uh, this question, uh, it uh, comes from the inbox uh, from Karen. And Karen wants to know, Dante, what is your favorite type of weather to cover? Ready for this, Karen? Nighttime thunderstorms. Nighttime mm-hmm. thunderstorms. Who cares if they happen at 5 o'clock? You can see the storm coming, right? So those nighttime ones. Those are the real scary ones. That's ultimately the reason why I became a meteorologist, because as a kid, I was afraid of them. But then from that day onward, I wanted to tell the weather to the whole second grade class. You know, I was the only one that wanted to go up to the chalkboard and write the forecast or talk about the forecast in front of everybody or put that smiley face sunshine on the on the board. So, yes, I have a passion for tornadoes and hurricanes. The dangers of weather are, are real. And being able to cover those from a disaster standpoint would definitely be a perspective of of putting everything full circle to those affected, to those who were saved by the information. I I would still have to say though that if I had to pick one kind of weather, it would it would be those nighttime thunderstorms because often the storm starts in the daytime, you lose the heating of the day, and then that's it, right? Well, there's reasons why we get them at night, and they they involve a little bit of extra oomph in the atmosphere. Dante, I would love to see David do the forecast. <laughs> Want to try for it? <laughs> no. We'll give you an up. We'll give you an up weather for one minute. Then we'll give you a full weather for three minutes. <laughs> I had to pass. I love watching the weather, man. It's uh, I love watching the weather forecast, but. Me reporting the weather forecast—that's uh, probably uh, that's probably very suited for Tyler Jones or Dominic. Dominic, not me. I've done weather before. <laughs> it is it is not easy uh, oh. day, but it is very necessary. And us sports guys, uh, sometimes we love it when you take away uh, our, our TV time. Other times, not so much. So that's uh, exactly right for what we were talking about before the show and, and how in those higher ranked television markets, every second counts. And usually weather and sports, the timing not used for weather is what is fluted in the sports. Right. So it, it's, it works hand in hand. We work together, but sometimes you got to get that message out too. It's a balance. Absolutely. Dominic, uh, you know, you, you worked in local news. Uh, weather is such a, a big part of uh, what makes uh, local news. Yes, and, and I can tell you I've been on the receiving end of those phone calls. Didn't really work on air when I was there at the station full time, but some of those phone calls I filled, man, you'd have somebody calling from an opposite end of the state. Why are you interrupting the program talking about a tornado or this? I don't live in that part of the state. I don't care. Well, sorry, buddy. You're in the market, and there's people that are, are in the market. They got to see it. You're right. The timing may not be the best, but got to inform them. That's right. We break <laughs> in the coverage immediately for any tornado warning or or emergency that reaches a level of danger. Just, just Dante, please. Just if you're going to do that, just go to the double box. Don't take away the game completely. I understand your your concerns. <laughs> we have life saving information we need to convey to the public. Yes. Go to the double box. You don't need the whole screen. You know, just keep the game on in the corner. You know. That's like, funny, well, we do run the crawl system, but obviously that's for thunderstorm warnings. Right. The crawl system is is useless for life saving tornado warnings. Yes, we need to get that's on the air good. as fast as we can, and it does it does vary from station to station, market to market, as to what that particular station wants to do. 
interesting enough, there are some stations that don't break in for severe coverage. Right. Our station, we break in. It's a priority. We want you to know. And we want to keep uh, you safe. Next question in uh, the inbox comes from Joe. Joe wants to know, for all of you, what are some of your childhood nicknames, friends, family, et cetera, gave you? Do you still go by them? David, we'll start with you. <laughs> yeah, I really don't have any speed. You know, people call me speed racer, you know what I mean? Because I loved racing so much. A lot of my neighbors and friends, everybody called me speed racer. You know, I, I remember uh, some of my family members and friends uh, just because I like to go fast on my big wheel. And I love going to the races, love being around racing. Kind of a nickname I had early on was a uh, speed racer. Yeah. So that was, that was, uh, that was mine. Uh, didn't stick very well, but, uh, but at my younger years, uh, that's what people called me. <laughs> speed racer. I like yeah. it. Uh, yeah. my, my nickname for David, I, I call him starry eyes, you know, <laughs> he's on the name real Tyler. Of race car. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dominic, uh, you got a few nicknames. Oh, besides jackass, but you know what? That one's going to be <laughs> that's my favorite. 23. So I don't know if that one qualifies as childhood. Dom in school, Dom Dominic, that was kind of interchangeable. And then Rick Best, my bandmate of eight years, did that band when I was 17 years old. He'd call me two name, two nicknames. I think Slick was one of them. I don't know if because of racing tire. Or he said you're slick on the drums and Domingo. So Slick, Domingo, Domingo. Dom. Domingo. Yeah, so I've had a few nicknames, Tyler. Yeah. Um I uh I only get called this by attractive females coincidentally uh i only get called ty by attractive females um tj i get a lot teacher teej t jones people call me by my username on social media tyler jones live um jonesy i mean every uh every iteration of jones or tyler you could think of i've probably been called it uh, at some point in time one way or another but so, uh, tyler i've heard a couple i've heard a couple of them dominic you know what they are you, you've heard rico suave that's what i've heard them call <laughs> heard tyler, they call rico suave that's what they, so uh yeah they, suave. uh <laughs> what about you dante Okay, multiple nicknames for lifelong perspective, although the name Dante and Dante's Inferno, that sticks with just about everybody nowadays. Now, here's the nicknames. Here's the real part. Okay, as a kid, the principal couldn't say Dante Ricky. He continued to say Dante Richie. So a very smart <laughs> friend of mine would call me Richard. Hey, Richard. Richard, how you doing? So the nickname Richard didn't last very long. That person still probably would call me Richard to this day if he saw me. Um, in high school, Daddy Dante. Daddy Dante Daddy came Dante. out very Daddy often. Dante, I forgot okay. about that. that. You remember Daddy. that, Dominic, right? That's Daddy what, that and that's, what you're, one. that's what the women call you, right? Exactly. Daddy Dante. Daddy Dante. <laughs> my, my grandpa, my papa, for many years has always called me D or Big D. Okay. Big G. That's Big also D. what the women call you. Yes. Okay. He's always called me D. And he's the man to be able to come up with that. Uh, lately, some, I, not a nickname, but I've, I had the personality of Pee Wee Herman, rest in peace. And <laughs> I might be the doppelganger of Clark Kent, Superman actor. 
And the reason is these glasses right here. Where you can't see them. The glasses that I switched to this winter time yeah. apparently make me look like Clark Kent. For those of you who watch any of my broadcasts, you might see the resemblance very quickly. Um, I did have a beard briefly in the winter time. Uh, I, I, I recently shaved it because the heat has been just unbearable. Even now in September, David, I know I have no place to talk. It's probably 110 degrees where you are, but, um, it's, yeah, it was, uh, I think it was, uh, man, 107, uh, 106 today. It was pretty hot. Wow. Yeah. And that's a, that's a hot, humid situation. I yeah, mean, it's, we get, it's the summertime. Man, yeah, it's hot, but you know, we, we get, you kind of get used to it. You know what I mean? You just work right through it. Yeah. But uh but anyway, I love all these nicknames, you know what I mean? Tyler's got a bunch of them. I hear different people calling him different things. All his girlfriends call him different things and some of the or, things we can't share well, on this podcast. Right, there is a nickname that, that Dominic and I we won't share it, but there is a very common nickname. Uh it goes way back that Oh, yeah, that one, yeah, that's not a, that's not suitable for We will here. not be able to share that. But there's a nickname. Save it for the after show. Yes. 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 The after show at sixty nine o'clock, you know, yeah. You know, <laughs> one uh, of our um, one of our news anchors, uh, uh, his name's Dave. He worked in New Mexico for a period of time, Dominic, and uh, he, uh, he his personality is very similar to yours. Well, that's either a blessing or a curse. So oh, it's a blessing. <laughs> it's a blessing. <laughs> David, does does anyone call you Dave? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even close. No, you're, he's not Dave. He's David. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, uh, before we go around the room, uh, what's what's everybody going on? Get going on these the next couple of days, uh, David. What's what's in happening in your world? Man, just uh, just working. I got a, a corporate event coming up on Friday at Texas Motor Speedway. Getting ready for it, and uh, that's it, man. Just. Uh, uh, just working on uh, working on our NASCAR racing school and uh, excited uh, that the Texas race is coming up. That'll be our next Xfinity race. So uh, excited about that. But, uh, man, you know, it's just busy uh, having a racing school. So it's, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of fun. And uh, so, yeah, that's what I'll be doing the next couple of days. How about you, Dominic? Yeah, I'll be staying here in New Mexico this weekend, just kind of take care of things around the house and, Next NASCAR race will be Texas Motor Speedway like you two. Yeah, we'll be there. Certainly be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to be enjoying uh, my weekend here and uh, watching some football and NFL get started this weekend. So my life's about to get a whole lot crazier. Uh, See, Dominic, I told you the Jones, whatever that thing is that he talks about, that's been can was canceled a long time. So he ain't going nowhere this weekend. Well, it, it didn't survive canceled. And Wow. Speaking wow, of David promoting cancel culture, here. very, woke, <laughs> very <laughs> woke of you, David. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of football uh, project, the photog position has come back for me. Yes, ready for this? I've the last couple of weeks I've been doing Friday night football, some video work to get the high school football coverage for our Friday night news show. The sports directors have a. 20-minute show. Basically, our 11 o'clock show on Fridays in town is only 10 minutes, so the last 25 minutes can be saved for high school football recap wow. from August through early November. And the last couple of weeks, I've been attending some high school football games to get the video. So oh, very nice. Continuing to, continuing to stay with the photography element of things, this time with the video camera. And last, time, 
Last time I shot a uh, high school football game, uh, I got ran over by a player uh, while shooting the game, and I haven't shot a game since. So it can be more dangerous than NASCAR. Yes. Did you hurt him, Tyler? <laughs> Did you hurt what? the player? Did, Did the I hurt the player? No, but I took uh, his helmet to my groin. I walked it off. <laughs> oh. um, there is video of this. It exists on the internet. Um, I might have to show it to you guys one of these days. But we had a, there was a game in, in, in our area that had a score of like 80 to 0. I think it was 84 to 0. This oh. week. 84 to zero. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. It was bad. It wasn't the That's game bad, I was at. Man. My score, I think, was 76 to seven. Was oh, my, my game. A little close. <laughs> hey, there was no compassion for the other team there, was no, there? No. Dante, uh, tell us what's going on with you, you over these uh, next few days, man. Yeah, we're probably going to do a report on the Heat on Thursday. And we have a middle school soccer game tomorrow. I'm going to be refereeing that. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then this weekend, yeah, one of the local towns, Varsity Boys game for high school. So some high school games coming up, which will be a lot of fun. And uh, weather coverage on Saturday and Sunday again. This Saturday, we're only going to be on at 11 o'clock due to football and some other sports programs. Sunday, we'll probably have a full schedule of shows. So Awesome. Where can people uh, follow you and find you, Dante? Yes, my social media, my Twitter handle is at DanteRickyWX. And the meteorologist Dante Ricky Facebook page and eyewitness news is WCHS ABC is the main channel WCHS ABC eight and Fox eleven is our second affiliate. So always watch us WCHSTV.com or check out the news on app for at least the ABC coverage. So very cool. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Dante, it was a pleasure having you here. Uh yeah, thank you time. for joining us. Thank you, the listener, for being here with us as well. Subscribe to the show. New episodes out each and every week. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. Uh, also, hit us up on social media, facebook.com slash starpodcast, x at starpodcast, formerly known as Twitter. And uh, you can also email us, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. We'll put the checker flag out on this episode for Dante Ricky, Dominic Allegon, David Starr. I'm Tyler Jones. Thanks so long. This has been another edition of Let's Go Racing. See you next week.